Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. Hey, welcome everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. We're back again here for our second show in July 19, no, 2018. (laughs) Did your earphone fall off, dude? Yeah. Your pad? (laughs) Yep, I lost my pad. (laughs) Wow. Uh, You're going to say that same phrase in about 30 years when you're in the old folks. I lost my pad again. (laughs) If he makes it that long, his liver's going to make it until then? What, What do you... Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. I need um, I need more data inputs to properly chart hey, that. How, how do you like this uh, beer I'm drinking, JP? It's and called it, the Electric Eye. And it looks like dirt water. It's a pale ale from San Francisco, California. <laughs> if that's a pale ale, I'm fucking Queen Elizabeth. Oh, thank you. Oh, look at Ben. I'm always struggling with, swapping with headphones. Like, remember that last time I was like playing like a cat with a ball of yarn to get that thing on <laughs> I was determined. Like, thank you. Was yeah, that, look was at that. Was that in Portland or was that here? Here. It was here. I, I don't really remember much that goes on here. <laughs> yeah, it's probably better that way. It is. Oh, this is the one that only comes out one ear. I'm going to fix this. I'm determined. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go. That's what we need is Brian Talk distracted. Ten minutes from now. I think that'd be great. It's like, what is it? AMR? AMAR? Whatever. Uh, ASMR? ASMR? Where they just like do the sounds like really deep into the microphone and everything's turned up super high. Yeah, it's just the sound. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the show is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals. Our good friends at Five Star. Go to fivestarchemicals.com and learn everything you need to know to keep brewing great beer or to at least start. Because uh, if you're not using Five Star, you're probably not making the greatest beer. And uh, who doesn't want to make the greatest beer they can? Excuse me. You don't just Burping want three stars on your beer. No, homie, you want five star. And the five star people, PBW and Star Sand, man, that's that's the, the combo. That's the combo you need to be using. And then put beer and in. Clean it. all your stuff, yeah. And if you're uh, a contestant on the show, or not a contestant, but a guest, they give you a little prize pack for just for uh, sending Can us we beer. Call them contestants? That would be better. Contestant one! <laughs> Maybe we can do like matchup. We can get like start having the people dating on the show and get like couples. Like, <laughs> I was match up people with. Uh, we yeah. should have a homebrew dating site, no, but I'm, it'd be like four women and a million dudes. It would be. All of the ugly people. No, my like, picture. No offense, you mean all the homebrewers? There'd be a lot of ugly people. <laughs> Are you that? calling us ugly? <laughs> no. How many attractive homebrewers have you ever? But she's seen gonna before? have to pour you out. How many? How many attractive homebrewers? Like, like, I've seen a couple attractive dudes. I've seen a few <laughs> attractive sure women. Han- dudes can be handsome, right? It's all right. It's not gay. And even if it was, you know, who cares? You know, how about master beer judges? How many, you know, handsome master beer judges are there out there? Well, I I know only two. So uh, to yes. answer your question, there are zero out there. Gordon Strong and... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And Brian Shar <laughs> are two not attractive people. I think you guys are better looking than Gordon and Brian. How about that? 
Wow. That's the you nicest thing you've ever said to no, me. No, my idea for the reality <laughs> show would be to replace Keith. We just get on three eligible beer yourlets and, like, you know, interview them. I'm sorry. What? Bachelor beers. Be- that made no sense. I was like, what is going on? The key is to uh, to, to pick up pick a word that's easy to pronounce, I think, and that will go far. Three contestants, let's say. This is Keith's Ooh. last show, very last recording of Dr. Homer that he will do wow. in the studio unless he happens to time a vacation out here properly, and I'm sure that's the last thing he will. Actually, <laughs> that's not true. I'm sure it's the first thing you would want to do if you're it's on like, vacation yeah, out here. my family, like, hey, I got to go. I have to go to a show, the Dr. Homer <laughs> show right now. Hey, guys, let's take a family vacation. No, I already have a vacation planned, and it doesn't involve you. Yeah, I got to go. I got to do shows. Uh, yeah, he's leaving. He's moving to Nantucket or something. That's too far east. Providence, Rhode Island. Mm. No, I mm. would never move to New England. Those people suck. Well, no, um, Rhode Island. Yeah, that's that's New England. No, oh, that's too bad. He's Sorry. moving to Everybody Boston. Everybody who lives in uh, New England, I apologize, but you suck. And so does your beer, by the way. Yes, and your beer. <laughs> your beer's trash. But you're probably fine people. Yeah, probably. Probably. <laughs> Maybe. Like, uh, person to person, you're okay. As a group, you all suck. As a demographic? Yes. No. That is our fastest growing region, uh, listening to the Brewing Network. So. Nice. Especially the, the, the uh, ad you had last uh, <laughs> show about uh, Concord. I'm sure they're really excited about that. Oh. The region. Hey, we gotta, we gotta, we're going to read it again. So nice. you haven't heard the last of it, my friend. All I'm right. sure there's a Concord somewhere in New England and people are very confused. They're like, wait a minute, huh? I don't get it. Is there like a Vermont? Like, Conquer Vermont. Yeah. Sounds like there'd be like something stupid like that. And they'd add like three R's at the end of it. <laughs> Conquer. So for Key's last show, we are going to do uh, a commercial calibration, two commercial calibrations, which is really just an excuse for us to drink all beers in our cellars that we brought to kind of wish yeah. Keith farewell. But it's not going to be just normal, like we're going to be sitting around drinking. We're going to, you know, we're going to analyze them as if they were commercial calibrations. But some of these beers are going to be a little hard to find. Uh, hopefully they, they can be entertaining for you. Uh, they meaning Brian and Keith in, in discussing the flavors, and I'm gonna you know try as much as my oh, small I'm, brain can I'm help. Not talking at all. This is gonna be all <laughs> yeah, no. Keith's already yeah. done working. I have left. I'm already checked out. He's the guy who puts in his two weeks and then sleeps at, in the bathroom at, for during his breaks. This time we're breaking into my my cellar. So can I get some reverb oh, on yeah. this mic, please? No, you can't. Actually, yes, you can. Okay. Um, go ahead, Brian. Why don't you go ahead and uh, all right walk into the cellar. Go walking into the cellar. This bit's okay. gay. All right, uh, I'm in the cellar. All right, what do you, what beers do you have down there, I Brian? I found a Fuller's 2012 Vintage Ale. A Fuller's 2012 Vintage Ale. Edition. Uh, it's a number one one five nine six six. All right, grab grab. Uh, tell me the other beers and then and then come out. The other beer is a Dry Fontainen Oud Creek. How do you say that? All right, all right. Get back in the studio. Okay. We need you. All right, welcome back. Okay. Uh, Are you wearing clogs? Don't you wearing clogs? <laughs> yes, I'm tap dancing. A Fuller's Vintage Ale from 2012. Now this is readily available, right? I I have one that's. I mean, now they make this. It, you can just buy it, heat and set it down and, and age it and do verticals with it. It's a fun beer to keep around. And they still do it. Yeah. Okay. And and like uh, I, think, I don't know. Historically, they've had it here at uh, Monument Liquors in Concord. Uh, they've had Kinky. multiple vintages of it, so you could buy a couple and just, you know, the older ones are more expensive, but... You could possibly get an apartment in Concord yeah. and, and then go to, to Monument Liquors and get some of this and then go back to your apartment yeah. that's going to be built and then drink in, it. In Concord. And then live here until you die. Yeah. Which will be shortly. 
That's your story arc. So this is individually packed and numbered. This bottle is one of only 125,000 produced. Oh, well, that's not too bad. And then uh, the other one is... Thousands on the next line down. Here, like Sour Cherry Creek. Yeah, it's a fruit okay. lambic. Well, let's go. What are we waiting for, guys? All right. Break out the glasses. Here. here you go. Let me pass you these. This is our Thanks, farewell sir. to Keith um, moment. And then while y'all doing that, are you a professional brewer planning on submitting your beer to GABF? As you're preparing your next medal-winning recipe, send some of your finished beers to White Labs for their next big QC day and save on a bundle of analytical services. All you need to do is purchase a big QC day test kit before August 6th and get your samples submitted before August 20th. White Labs will test your beers for IBUs, alcohol content, calories, attenuation, and more. To learn more about this great cost-saving program, visit whitelabs.com slash bigqcday. Don't worry about what's happening with your beer. Test it. Did you say cost-saving? Cost-saving. They need to save me from the uh, Midwest, I guess. Save you from the Midwest, not clog-saving. You're going to do a lot of cost-saving in the near future. Hell I am yeah. moving to Nebraska, <laughs> Omaha. If anybody's interested in visiting me there. Mm-hmm. Nobody. It will give out your address. The home we'll, of the uh, Omaha State prison. Uh, prison number four eight five nine two seven. That's his inmate <laughs> number. Uh, he's actually going to jail for kicking a dude at a homebrew conference. No, 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 no yeah, it was, it was it was worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the vintage ale, Brian. So, what would you enter a vintage? Ale? What is this like? An old ale? I guess it's an old ale. An yeah. old ale. Okay, so it'd be the old ale category. So in the the, the you know the guidelines, uh, you know, they change the commercial examples they list from from time to time when they update their. Uh, guidelines. So this was uh, one that was in the the 2008 guidelines that I used as a uh, commercial example of a, an old ale. When it's aged, it's it's good. No, uh, but for some reason you know, they have different ones listed in the 2015 guidelines. But uh, doesn't you know change it? It fits the the profile. It's eight and a half percent alcohol. Old ales can go up to around nine or thereabouts, mm-hmm. and it's uh, yeah, it it fits the fits the profile pretty well. So okay. And it's a 17B in the uh, the current style, style guidelines. 17B. Yeah. All right. You, know, you old ale heads out there. I know there's a lot of them out there's there. A, there's a wide range, too. Like the uh, old peculiar is a, on the lighter side. You know, they, they That's a good one. Darker man. side. I used to like, drink a oh, ton of that stuff. Oh, darker for color, right? Yeah, but uh, lighter alcohol. They can go down to 5.5% on some of the old ales. I don't know if that... I would judge that. I, I suppose I'd have to judge that well, but I'm used to the, the old ales more in the you know seven and a half to nine percent kind of range. Yeah, this is eight and a half. This is eight and a half. But it doesn't taste like it. No, it's damn smooth. Yeah, it really is. And uh, I, dare I say a little thin? I don't know. I haven't had an old ale in a long time, but I, I would imagine gone, them a little chewier. It's gone six years, so yeah, no, that's the true. body can decline a little bit as they age. And Tell me about that's it. actually something to think about. Like when you're brewing one of these, is like if you're going to age them for that long, you may want to make a a chewier sort of beer to start with, a, mm-hmm. a thicker beer. And like, and that's actually I, I find like something like a, a wee heavy. Getting back to that, like it's something to really, it's really good to almost like, hey, after you age it for a while, then enter it as an old ale. Although the old ale category now, like like it is uh, 1088, so that probably is a little bit low, but. Um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting thing where you want to think about if you're gonna, when you're gonna enter the beer, 
how you make it, how you actually change what you're doing with it and not actually just, you know, like, hey, I'm just going to brew it as a recipe says I'm going to brew it. Like, think about when you're going to serve it, when it's going to be in its prime. And that's, that's may not, that may not be something you learn for five years. Right. But if you've been brewing for as long as uh, some of us have, uh, the, then you start starting to think about those things. And you're like, yeah, I, I, I can see that, like where that would be and where that would take me and, and all that sort of stuff. Where, where I was aging beers here in the cool, the cool uh, summers in San Francisco when I... When I move up to upstate Minnesota, it's going to mm-hmm. be a lot warmer in the in the summer. That's true. So it is really freaking hot in, in the summers in Minnesota. It's awful. It I is re- when the humidity goes recommend nuts. that nobody moves there ever. <laughs> Although Duluth is a good beer city. No, that's true. That's what we hear. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Uh, yeah, and that's and that's kind of what you guys have talked about on the show a few times is is planning ahead. Planning ahead. <laughs> Figuring out what you're going to brew, when it's going to be consumed, and modify things for that. And I think tasting beers that have age, that you have sat down, will help you formulate that recipe and decide what flavors you want because it helps you figure out what these grains turn into. I need to get better at that planning ahead thing. Yeah, Mm, yeah. I was like a maniac at one point. I would do barley wine every single year. Mm-hmm. And sometimes years I was doing two barley wines, and it same was like, recipe or pretty much. Yeah. And there was one in my bag I had today that was really based off my recipe, but uh, in my bag. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was easier to like sort of see how things progress when you're doing the same beer every year. And then mm-hmm. kind of like a commercial brewer, you can make slight changes. Like let me change the yeast up, let me split a batch and see what happens there. Okay. And start playing with different elements. But then you get older and you're like, or you get bored with the stuff and. You start making it once every three years, and then you lose <laughs> touch exactly what you want to do and all that yeah. all that with it. So that's, I mean, like, if you really love something, uh, spend a lot of time on it and and really figure out, like, what's the best, you know, you can really get close to something where you really want, it sounds like a relationship sort of show now. I don't know what's going on here, but you can get really close to it. Uh, but no, I mean, love really draft can, lines. You really can understand Keith. it. You can really understand what you're doing with a beer a lot more, obviously. And there's some people that are really crazy with this. They do like the same beer like ten times in a row or whatever. But like with barley wines, you need you the know. aging and all that sort of stuff anyway. So it's a good beer to do once a year and just sort of um, sort of figure some stuff out that way. What do you think about this vintage ale? I, I, I personally think that uh, what six years is a little too long. It's a little too thin, a little too watery, and kind of just not really. There's some cool funk going on. But for the most part, it's just kind of, I don't know, not really awesome. Am I nice, wrong? There's some nice esters, I think, that are that are still there. Uh, yeah, I, I do agree with you with the thinness of it. Um, yeah. I like the nose. It's it's got, it's got you know, Venice kind of character and very fruity. Yeah, I guess it's almost like pineapple a little bit. It's all these crazy, yeah. crazy aromas in it that, that yeah. you know. Pineapple upside, pineapple upside down cake or something There's like that. There's a little bit of an, kind of nuttiness, treacle kind of going on in there, too. The alcohol is low and smooth. It's not poking out sharply at all. Uh, it's a little sherry-like. Got some definitely uh, some Maillard products in there. And um, it's kind of it's got a little haze. Look like it might have, It's not super yeah. dark, though. It's kind was of it, a... Was a, it bottle conditioned and then it got upset a little bit? or, or It not? probably did, yeah. I think these are all bottle, bottle conditioned. Mm, I think so. I would, yeah, yeah. I would imagine yeah. so. So it's been, yeah, it's been in my car all day, running around, bouncing around in the back there in a cooler. But um, so yeah, it might have been clear just off the shelf. But you can get some some haze in the body of the beer too as they age. I don't pop one of these open very often. This I think it's probably my, it's my last one. 
Of this, uh, did you buy a bunch for this same year? Or I had a, I had a couple of the 2012, and then I had some, I think some 2010 that I tasted a while back when it was, mm. yeah, you know, kind of hitting its prime. And yeah, this might, like, like you said, it might be a little past its prime. And the flavor, it's, it's, you know, you get some of that Venice and and a little sherry like and a little nuttiness, but it's got, it's a, a little got a little tang to it. It's not quite tart. No, Bev, not venison. Sorry, not that's what venison. I heard. Bed of dummy. Wine-like. Venison? It tastes like venison? Actually, it does man, it get a little gamey. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Gamey. Nailed it. Good job. When's your uh, BJCP test? I'm actually taking it right now. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. Study well, dude. She's taking the test? No. God. No. Really? Venison? <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. I think when she meant right now, she meant like right now she's taking it. Yeah. yeah. So. She's taking the practice exam in there. God. Literally there, there, right now. There is awesome. some caramel, though. You know, there's some uh, yeah. turtle as well. I'm getting <laughs> And turtleneck. Is there a bitterness? I mean, is this here? First of all, is the this bitterness? Is, is this barrel? So it's not like barrel aged. The, the fruitiness is coming out more, and the oh, it says bottle condition. The wine right like, the yeah, it's it's bottle conditioned. It's it's wine like. <laughs> it's more wine like than beer like. Almost at this point, it's like a little. Um, venison, acidic, yeah. Venison-like. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. This is the worst <laughs> commercial calibration ever. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? That's why I said at the beginning, it's more of a going-away party for Keith than, than it is really and, l- like a lot parties, of information. Most parties, I'm not talking very much. I'm over here sitting in the corner by myself. So, uh, <laughs> okay. I'm going to turn my mic off now. Oh, wallflower. <laughs> uh, so what would you give this beer as a if you were judging it as a six-year-old Old Ale? 66. When I was judging as a six-year-old, I wasn't really good at this. <laughs> but you were never an old ale. <laughs> I drank some of my dad's beer accidentally. Now my dad didn't drink beer. Wow. That explains some things. What do you think? <laughs> Sorry, he's kidding. It's tough to... Yeah. I it's got a lot of the like... elements that you want in there. <laughs> but yeah, but it's kind of it is kind of thin still, too. So yeah, it's a 35. Uh, thinning out. That's it. But that's... <laughs> all right. That's, that's what you gave that Founders on the last show. Yeah. This, this is going the wrong direction. The Founders only has room to yeah. improve. This is going downhill. This is going downhill. Huh. Okay. They meet each other right now. It's like uh, two... Uh... You think that Founders beer would improve? And like, Well, I guess you would. Yeah, it's kind of yeah. hot. Okay. No, I see what you're saying. And I, I didn't mention the score. I was right around... The, I was said 30. 38 is what I said before. You said 39 for the smoked beer, but uh, okay. that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah, the first one. The second one would have been more like mid... Again, mid to... Lower because the scores don't really matter fast. anyway, as we we all know. But no, yeah, but you, it does make you, uh, you when you're entering a beer, you want to think about the age of that beer and what age it's going to be when they judge it. You know, if there's an entry window that's like a month ahead of something, yeah, you know, you want to put your IPA in before it really has hit its prime and uh, kind of guess where it's hopefully going to go. <laughs> well, so, right, and the only way you can know yeah. that is by brewing a bunch of it and drinking it at various stages and maybe even take notes right like i know that this my ipa takes two weeks from bottling to age out so i guarantee there's some brewers yeah that brew that that figure out the day they want to brew it and probably take that day off of work oh yeah for sure like nhc or something more than you think yeah and they still you know like probably nick (laughs) Uh, it's it's all it's it's not a science um (laughs) what would you give it brian 33 Thirty-three. It's, okay. It's slid downhill too Pour far. that other one. Let's pour the uh, the sour beer, please. Someone. Okay. Let's do that because I'm assuming we're done. Uh, I think we're done with the vintage gel. I think I have. I think well, I have one of these that is like the first one, which is ninety-seven. Mm. 
but I just left it in the box in the bottle and put it with my bottle collection, and it's been it's never yeah. seen a free refrigerator. So we didn't really. And I'm not going to open the body it. of the 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 old ale should have a medium to full chewy body. And it, but it all says, although older examples may be lower in body due to continued attenuation during conditioning. Okay. Um, so alcohol warmth is often evident. There's not too much alcohol warmth, even though it's 8.5%. It, there's a little bit there, but it's not too heavy. It's just really smooth alcohol. That's one thing you can say for it. And when it's younger, true. it's pretty pretty smooth beer for even, you know, you get a fresh bottle of it. It's not like, oh, this is undrinkable. I have to wait for three years to drink it. You can drink it fairly young, you know, a year out, and it's, it's pretty good. It's yeah. like eat something anyway, too, so it's not like it's so, clobbering yeah. you in the head with uh, the alcohol. Yeah, Judges is an aged example. It's, it's yeah, it's going down. Okay, here. perfect. Sadly, but yeah, I held on to it a little too long. It was time to open it. Tonight's, hey, man. Tonight's the night. It happens. It happens. Uh, okay, next is the Dre Fontaine Ode Creek blended lambic beer brewed with sour cherries aged in oak. 12.7 fluid ounces. Product of Belgium. Belgium. Yes. What category is this? This is a fruit lambic. Fruit lambic. You go looking for <laughs> Yeah. It's it doesn't the, matter. The numbers uh, don't matter. The numbers don't matter. It's yeah. Just that that so, aroma is like it's that that's the sour cherry, but it's the minerality of the, of the water. It's like a clean, crisp uh, water profile. It sounds like, or it smells like. You know what I mean? It's like I'm just smelling a glass of spring water. It sounds pretty crisp as well. Mm. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Keith, you want to start talking about this beer? Not really. But, right. uh, Look, motherfucker, you have 45 minutes of work left. Wow. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, mean I, I, you know, I love Lambics. And that's, that's where I'll start with this. I mean, you know, it, how old is this one, by the way? Let, it says it was bottled in uh, May 2nd, 2016. And it says it's good until October 26th, 2036. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I mean, like, you really want to drink the fruit ones uh, when they're kind of kind of younger and fresher and still have a lot of that fruit flavor. Some of the uh, old goose and stuff like that, you'd want to maybe age more. But, um, I mean, obviously a big cherry note, but you also get some of uh, some of that almond note. Like, yeah, you get a pretty strong aroma of that as well. Some funk, a little, you know, a little bit of, it's not enteric necessarily, but, uh, hey, yeah, hey, a little, little barnyard mm-hmm. there as well. Um, sourness is not really detectable in smell. But if you had to guess. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you know the beer style, but it's not, yeah. it's not uh, acidic in any way. Obviously no hops. These beers use, uh, tend to use, um. Aged hops um, that have no aroma left over, really have no alpha acids. They're just mostly for preservative sake. Um, Color-wise, it's a great little ruby. Yeah, no, no head though. On ruby mine, John, at least. no, not, sure. not on mine either. Brian has a head on yeah. his. I'm not sure what's going Looks on. Looks like a little there. wine glass. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. it Looks might like be the like glass. A, Looks like a red wine. A little bit, maybe a little bit, a, a tinge of brownish more than a red wine, but mm-hmm. uh, just a tinge there. Um, What do you think? Yeah, still a lot of a lot of great flavor there. So it still has a lot of fruit flavor, which is what I always worry about these. Like after they age for so long, this is kind of a newer one. Um, has a lot of great, great, great cherry flavor. Has some of that almond flavor as well. Um, sourness is, I'd say, medium, medium high. 
but in no way acidic. Um, not a lot of sweetness, though. Pretty dry, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, we read about the mineral, like even the finish is mm. kind of kind of mineral heavy. And that, that It's clean, and it doesn't, to me, it doesn't taste like a cherry lambic. I mean, it does sort of on the surface. It, it, to me, this tastes like a mass-produced, like if Sam Adams was making a friggin' cherry lambic, that's what this would be like. What? Just kind of middle of the road, not really, there's not a whole lot there. Hmm. I don't even throw Sam. I think you're crazy. Sam Adams is the only. I just came out. I didn't mean anything personal by it, so don't be offended, Brian. I know it's your favorite brewery. (laughs) No, it's not. (laughs) To me, it it, it smells and tastes like a traditional. Who creeks did you get? You know, it's aged. Does it really? Funky, gnarly. I mean, the opposite of like the mass produced, you know, like the bright, fruity, sweet ones that you get out on the market that brewed from mass. No, I'm not talking like sweet, but it's it just. Yeah. I don't know. It's kind of not really as... I mean, you get a little bit of the funk, but it's not really as present as I would like it to be. As I've, I mean, because I've had this beer before. You know, like you said, these aren't super hard to find, but they're not yeah. commonplace. Um, I've had it before, and I just... I don't know. I, I, I seem to remember it being, uh, in my mind's palate, um, a little bit more... I don't know. They do. I mean, they do change on the age of them. Sometimes they're... They're a little bit, a little more sour as they age, and they get a little bit drier and uh, a little bit funkier. Hmm. And I think this one, I mean, to me, it tastes kind of like, excuse me, kind of like where it's at its best peak right now. You know, it's, it has a lot of that fruit character, still is really enjoyable in that way. Has some of the funk. Uh, so that one is just, it's kind of subtle for me, at least. Um, yeah. I think what it is is maybe sometimes these beers have the, like the 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 funk is. Um, more off-putting than it is complimentary. Like it's a little, it's a little more musky and musty than than gamey. funk. Yes, <laughs> thank you, Beverly. Um, a little more game, you know. But you know what I mean, like a little more moldy, musty than than funky. And maybe that kind of it sits right in the middle of my tongue and just doesn't really kind of go away. And maybe that's more distracting than than anything else. Carbonation seems a little low on this. Um... What did you do to it, Brian? I drove around with it in my car all day. God, you would. That all sounds like beers. something exactly that you would do. And you actually didn't go to work. You just skipped work so we could drive around in car, the car all day. <laughs> <laughs> in the back of the car. <laughs> oh, man. Burned through two tanks of gas. Just driving around, man. Uh, what would you give this beer, Keith? I still think it's pretty awesome. I mean, it's really hard if it's like a homebrew scale sort of thing. Giving something like this, I would yeah. probably still be like, you know, 40 or something along those lines. This would be like, a, well, yeah, you, yes. If this was a homebrew beer, I'd give it a 41. How about that? You should wow. one up you. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Brian, what about you, man? 42. Oh, shit. Keith and I are going to kick your ass now. <laughs> No, I, mean, no I, I was gonna say like forty ish. You know, yeah, it's right yeah. there. It's right there. Um, so yeah, aroma wise for me, it's it's got that Brett Funk and like I like the aroma t- to me a little better than the flavor because it's got that. Mm-hmm. You get the cherry, you get that. I agree with the almond and the hay and the barnyard. It's just like got this this neat kind of edge to it. It's like just the Brett comes shining through, and it's like you can tell this is a well made lambic. It's like this is the real deal. And um, and the fruit is is still there. It smells like it's going to be really sour, even though you can't tell sourness. But yeah, your brain tells you get ready for something sour because there's all this other stuff in there. And um, yeah, appearance wise, I really like the the appearance, other than the head not really being there, but that's okay. Um, but it's had just a really pretty wine like 
um, beer with a bright, you know, uh, well, a, a deep red, brownish kind of tinged red. That is, it is pretty, and you can, it's really clear. Um, yeah, flavor wise, it's got like, you know, cherries and currants and raspberries and all kinds of just uh, fruit like flavors in there that, that meld really well together. I like that. And it's, um, you know, it's kind of medium dry and kind mm-hmm. of medium sour. It's less, less yeah, fun it than I would think from the, the nose. I was like, oh, this is going to be a, a bitingly sour and really intense. And, yeah. But it's got a little, uh, the, not sweetness, but the perception of sweetness. Like the sourness kind of tricks you into thinking, wow, this is going to be, or, you know, this is a little, a little sweet, but, you know, it's, I'm sure it's dry as a bone. You hydrometer this, it'll be zero, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah I would agree. But, um, yeah, it comes through in a nice way, and that, that balance is the fruit to the sourness. It's nicely balanced. I really like this beer. Excellent. What would you give it? No, you said you said low forties. Fortyish, yeah. Fortyish, okay. Yeah, and it's I mean, there's different variants of of the you know lambic styles. Different producers do different things, and you know, like like for example, Hansen's is always kind of a tough one to get through. It's always mm-hmm. tends to be really sour, like puckering yeah, sour, it's so dry, and sometimes biting. you get like bottles that are just completely flat and you're like oh yeah. that's awesome thanks man like, you know, <laughs> and you can drink a little bit of it you're like but well, that's burning my throat right now and i like it though yeah. but I, I like it too but like, it has its time nice, and place i would like to blend that with this one right here yeah. and a little yeah. bit of yeah. that like of that. maybe like a quarter of that to three quarters of this would be like the perfect blend on something like that I and we're like damn you like how can you even question uh, the blending of Grey Fontaine, <laughs> but you know, and it's like, yeah, well, I, you know, like, this one's still young, and they, you know, again, they're thinking about probably age and where where it's going to be at some point. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Twenty thirty six. Yeah, but like that that seems ridiculous for twenty thirty six. I think for fruit, fruit lambics, it is a better idea to drink them fresh while the fruit's still fresh. And I say that, and I have a bunch of Cantillons sitting in my basement that are all fruit based, and they're just sitting there. Notice he didn't bring one yeah. one of those in. <laughs> You drink it in 20 years. Why did they even put fruit in this beer? Because it's just gone, you know. Yeah. I could have brought one of those in. but uh, I know. Clearly, you have them. You could have brought one in. Yeah. He's, he's saving them to give to me. No, that's all right. I have one. The one that gave my wife the option of a nice bottle of champagne or a bottle of Lou Pepe Creek when I proposed to her. And she said no to all three questions. So that's when we got divorced. My yeah. other wife, yeah. we had a kid. It was a whole thing. Uh, let's take a break here real fast, boys. And then we'll come back. We're going to drink some uh, Ode Goose. We're going to keep the sour beer going. And then we have a bottle of Dark Lord. Uh, don't ask me the year because, well, it's, 2017. it's a whole thing. We'll be right back. It's Dr. Homebrew. Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. 
know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit fivestarchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019 and get the Five Star Treatment today. Are you a member of the White Labs Customer Club? If not, you should be. It's the easiest way to earn free stuff for turning in your old homebrew labels from either vials or pure pitch. All you have to do is save your labels and redeem them for things like free yeast, an exclusive White Labs t-shirt or sweatshirt, and even the opportunity to brew with the yeast man himself, Chris White. Signing up is easy. Just go to whitelabs.com slash customer club, fill out the registration form, and then mail in your labels. They will return the favor by sending you awesome White Labs swag. Go sign up today at whitelabs.com slash customer club. White Labs, pure yeast and fermentation since 1995. <laughs> Yes, welcome back, everybody. It is the examination. Dr. Homebrew, we're doing commercial beers right now for Keith's Going Away show. He's uh, no longer going to be with us, if you know what I mean. Yes, we are pouring fresh concrete as we speak right now to get ready to eliminate Keith from the face of the earth. I am moving to Indiana, Bloomington, Bloomington, Indiana, and I will be dead there. That's where everyone goes to die. (laughs) Yeah, the glove sound you just heard is the guy waiting to do full cavity search on his way out. That's right. Steal anything from the brewing network. (laughs) Yeah, well, if he could find anything. So uh, our last segment. Keith's going away segment. We are drinking an Ode Boone Goose uh, Black Label, which apparently Keith ruined my. Like I thought this would be a nice bottle to bring because whatever Keith's like, oh you can buy this in the U.S. I have like 500 cases of them along with the Cantillon that I didn't bring in. So this oh, is shit, from JP's careful, cellar. I have like no, that's that's Keith. Oh, 200 sour beers in my basement. So it's like if, if there is a sour beer. And and how are you bringing them? You're driving them over. I am. Doing, that's why I went. I'm going to take my car and just load it up and then just drive them, yes. God bless. Uh, so after we drink this, we're going to have uh, a Dark Lord. Now, I swear to God on everything that Bev holds holy and dear and true to herself that this beer was like five years old. when I like Someone sent it to me years ago with a, a, a version of their smoke beer, like, Three Floyds, whatever this is. 17 years ago. And I was, was like, okay, so I had it in the thing. I'm like, let's bring this, because I think that'll be fun to try on the show, because God knows I'm never going to drink a full bottle of, what is this, Russian Imperial Stout or whatever. Yes. And then uh, we're trying to figure out what year it is, and Brian looks up on his phone or whatever, and it was like, oh, it's 2017, Jason. No, Why I've had this so beer. Why today? What the heck is I've, 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 I've had this beer for five years. I think it's... Younger than that. I believe everything I read on the interwebs, too. Well, is and, that a green 
top. With it had a green top to with it. sparkles, yeah. And it has the new version of the label. But I've had this bottle in my fridge for five years minimum. Minimum. Okay. So we, we decided it was time travel. There's definitely a time travel thing going on right here with this beer. I've uh, been in a time warp before. And there's a lot of <laughs> questions as a beer judge. As a master beer judge, you can't figure this out. As a grandmaster, two or three they can tell you the, the rules about time travel and how that affects beer. It's like Scientology. You no, know, if beer gets too oxidized, you just send it back in time and it removes some of the oxidation. And, and huh. it, yeah, it, it, it cleans up the alcohol too, which is amazing. I'm not sure why it works that way. It's something they haven't figured out yet. Mm-hmm. But the oxidation, we know that it. It that goes has, away when you time travel backward with it. So somebody must have had this, yes. and it was like it was a little too oxidized. Maybe it was like somebody from 2022 sent it to you. And they sent it back. They sent it back. They handed it to Superman, and he like flew around the world. Like, really and they're probably fast. listening right now. They're probably so pissed off that we're that spoiling you're, the it, thing. It took, you're took five this. years to drink it, and it was oxidized already. Then they cleaned up. It only cleans up like 50 percent of oxidation when you send it back in time. So it was ready in around 2014. Yeah. But the question is, if they're listening to it right now. And they sent it to you in 2022. Would they know that they sent it to you already or not? Like, would they even know what was going on with that in that point? Or if they listened to the and show and decided, what's even amazing is, are you still alive in 2022? Give it to you because they were saying, you yeah, know, they felt bad about you being dead, and they were like, "Wow, I have to send them something in the past." I feel bad for. Babe, we shouldn't have done this bit. It's not working out too well. It's not. Um, but anyway, I don't know, man. I, I agree with you. I think it is time travel. I wish it was time travel. Um, but I, I don't know how it fucking happened. I have no idea how it happened, but I swear to God, I've had this bottle in my fridge forever. Maybe it's not this one. Maybe I had a different one. Maybe I had another You'll one. You'll go home and like, oh, that was the one. Maybe someone gave it to me at like my Christmas party or something like that. So the older ones have the dude like farther away in the background and his horn, like horn's going to stick out. Huh. Well, whatever. We'll figure it out later. Let's try this, uh, this goose. Yeah. The black little little, uh, little green peppery. Yeah, I get uh, um, like gasoline. Some tropical fruit. What tropical fruit? I get like straight kerosene. Passion fruit. Yeah. Passion fruit. Passion fruit. Hmm. A little bit of uh, pineapple. I think that's tripping. But not like fresh crushed pineapple, like pineapple that's been sitting in a bowl for a little while and, and kind of. <laughs> Back in, time, back in time. <laughs> back in time. Yeah, but it is like a, like canned pineapple, where it doesn't really yeah. have like that pop or that that spice or that uh, sourness. It just it just a sharp ping. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah. This is uh yeah. Look at that imported from Belgium. I thought it was cool. cool. Anyway, wow. who wants to start? Let's talk about this beer. Come on, let's go. No one wants to hear us. I thought we were talking about it. Well, um, there was a big silence. So I want to. I want to get it going. Uh, this is a union. Uh, we only were uh, slated to do two commercial calibrations on this show. We can't. Hey, really this is your idea. A third without. Don't, don't um, forget that. Oh yeah, I wanted to taste all the beer. You're right. Yeah, we brought a bunch of beer in. We're like, well, let's no, let's just fine. drink it all. I mean, it, it's fun. It's it's a, again. It's a. Uh, it's, it's, it's a lot different than the beer we just tasted. It has a lot more character to it. Uh, it's a lot yeah. funkier. It's not necessarily that much more sour. It's a little bit more sour, but it's... I never really... I mean, not never, but, but I mean, these brands are kind of brands you can kind of find anywhere in the U.S., I think, at least over here on the West Coast, and they're never really sour. They're more funky than sour, yeah. mm-hmm. which I like. I, I, yeah, think, I think that's, good, I think that's great. I think a lot of the American sours are way too sour. I, and, I uh, agree. Too acetic they're, and... Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is really. You know, there's no acetic here at all. Like, and yeah, there there is definitely some, a little. You know, the aroma is a little off-putting. Like you're saying, some of the, the diesel maybe character or whatever. But 
And I got some in the in, in the flavor, but either it's going away, or my palate is adjusting because I don't really get it so much anymore. And I'm actually really severely enjoying this beer. It is that that funky. There is that kind of da- uh, dank, dusty basement bottom, mm-hmm. a little like in the Dre Fontaine, but it's not as aggressive as it was in the Dre Fontaine. It's a lot smoother and more more uh, reserved. I wish well, I had the, a basement to go into. Yeah, to get the fruit kind of brings out a sweeter edge to the. You know, to the fruit lambic, whereas this is just dry and I mean, it's, you know, it's still got a, it's, it's sour enough that you taste that fruitiness. Yeah. Kind of fl- uh, flavor, but yeah, it's, yeah, I don't know, like crushed, crushed canned pineapple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's, the effervescence drives a lot more flavor too. So it's like, it's more kind of, it's prickly and it's kind of. Champagne-like in a way. It is very champagne-like, and I think that's a really good quality that's about it. Cool. It makes it really refreshing, and it's a uh, it's, these, these things these age well. Like this is kind of the, the yeah. beer you'd want to lay. This I've on. had for twenty-five years. So yeah, yeah. Uh, no, at least for at least two years. Yeah, no, you year and a half, two years. Them. They're still you know they're still good now, but it's uh, the fruit ones are the ones you want to drink sooner. And Absolutely, not, yeah. Not, this uh, one you could drink in ten years, and you could still yeah. yeah. Not as mineral hard either. This one's a little bit softer mm-hmm. in, in general in terms of uh, that, and which is kind of weird because some of them are, are I find to be a little more uh, like Gerard and Black Label is a pretty hard mineral character to it. And mm. uh, I didn't find have finding mm. having a huge mineral character. To it. I like that it's not it's not vinegary at all. There's no. I mean, I'm not getting any acetic in here. No, no, no not at just all. nice clean. Funk, a little bit of funk, and a, and a you know lactic sour, but not too not too intense. No, it's it's very good. And I, talking about the carbonation, I, I first thought it was too much, but I don't know how this beer would be with less carbonation. I don't know if it'd be as enjoyable. You can have uh, some of the some of the lambics that exist. Like uh, I have one, a couple of them at home. Probably uh, the the pronunciation I I will <laughs> Ruskella, the like the uh-huh. the. Uh, Cantillon Briscala is yeah. an uncarbonated uh, hmm. uh, lambic. Well, I'm glad you didn't bring that in for us to, to try. That sounds really 1900, good. Yeah. yeah, that yeah. sounds too good for us, Brian. Yeah. Too good. Yeah, I've had a bunch before, so you know I didn't feel like <laughs> I need to... Jesus. Yeah, I've, I've been to Cantillon twice, you know, and yeah. you know, there's, they also have like their uh, the young lambic they'll serve at other bars and stuff. Even there, like un- uncarbonated as well. So, mm. and so, and how is it? It's not as good, really. Yeah. Quite honestly, it's not. It's it's it, it's interesting, but it's not something that it's cool to try. But you wouldn't yeah, do it more than once. I would. I would yeah, I would do it three mm-hmm. times, but once every other couple of years with people I really like. Uh, yeah. Oh shit. <laughs> all right. So your family's I'm not going to get any of it. Yeah, my family's not getting any at all. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's not of mine. <laughs> all right. No, no, no. But no, like I mean, it, it is. There is something nice about the carbonation that yeah. goes well with these sort of beers and. And uh, the drier they get, and just yeah, it's very champagne-like, and it's a, it's a kind of a cool. Uh, I mean, that cork popped when you opened it, man. Yeah, and it was it's, it's warm though too. That's the other yeah. thing. So, but it wasn't like overflowing. It was up for a sec no. there, but it wasn't like the bottle's not growing or creeping right now as we're watching it. So, no, no, it's super balanced, and I think that's that's something to keep in mind when you're brewing these beers at home and you want to deliver them for competition. Is that carbonation is a very, very big part of how these beers are presented. I mean, and that's just kind of said over any beer, right? I mean, you know, car- carbonation's very essential. But 
Yeah. With something like this, where you have the tart and you have the sweet and you have the musty and you have all that funk, that carbonation is going to, I think, help bring everything out and bring it and kind of help everything kind of coalesce together. We were, we were talking before about helices and how hard they're to make. They are to make. Yeah. I think this is easily way harder than you can get helices. <laughs> so, yeah. The recipe is pretty simple. I mean, it's just a little, you know. Uh, yeah. And I thought I said something super obvious. <laughs> No, I, I used to do turbid mashes and try to make these and had many years and blend them and do all of that. And, yeah. and they all suck, you know? And I was adding too much hops and I was looking at recipes like of adding old hops and they all ended up being too bitter and I don't know, it's or cheesy because of the hop. You know, it's, just, it's yeah. really hard. Like, it's not something easy to do. And to get, like, the, the right level of sourness, uh, the right level of funk, uh, just on a homebrew scale, it's really not easy to do. And then there's yeah. the whole thing about, like... Uh, Spontaneous fermentation and what that really means, right? And, the flora and, the and fauna of the and, region. And and does that really barrels. make? Does that really mean anything or not? And what's really in the barrel? And there's this, and there's people even in Belgium who laugh when people talk <laughs> about like spontaneous fermentation. But then you go to like NHC and people are talking about like we do. We spend a lot of time on spontaneous fermentation. And I'm like, I didn't know this was going to be a spontaneous fermentation presentation. I'm going to leave. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, like people in Belgium and they laugh? That's spontaneous fermentation. Because you're right, the culture around sour beers is they're not ever going to taste the same as anywhere else because it's but they spontaneous ferment, meaning there's stuff in the right. air, and it kind of depends on where you are. We, Americans romanticize their beers and think it's magic, so, and, and to them it's just... I don't know. I can tell yeah. you where it was, or I guess it doesn't matter. And I think no one the, in Belgium is going to listen to this show. No. Uh, the Dole is a, is a brewery. If anybody's had their beers, the Ara beer is one beer they make. They they actually make a couple sour beers that are really good. Mm-hmm. They have a cool ship. They used to do, like, they used to have Rodenbox yeast to do a lot more sour beers. And I guess that's something that's debatable, but hanging out with them and hanging out with some other brewers, the guy from, uh, I'm not a big fan, but Panapot, uh, the Struce Brewery. The Struce, yeah. Yeah, and I met him and... uh, He's been on the session before. Okay. He's kind of a... Yeah. Well, he he said if you were a vegetarian, you were going to die within uh, three years. (laughs) I've been vegetarian for for 17. My friend had been vegetarian for 25 years. He said his wife was a leading expert in Europe as a doctor and... And you can't live longer than three years as a vegetarian. I'm like, you're that is the dumbest thing I've ever. You heard must in be sneaking some meat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so that's nothing to do with it. They were like laughing. We, were, we went to Cantillon. They were like, oh, Cantillon, ha ha, spontaneous fermentation, ha 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 ha. That's all a bunch it of comes crap. From the rafters. Yeah. yeah, but no, no, no. I mean, huh. a lot of it. I mean, they're they're kind of right. I mean, a lot of it is in the barrel, and they clean the barrels, but they're yeah. in the wood. You still get the breath yeah. living in the wood. I mean, there's. There's a lot there, and I, and I trust these yeah, people. They, I was kidding about the NHC, but there are a lot of people that know what's really what they're doing and what's going on there. Um, and and you know, there's probably you could do tests, and but that would kind of ruin some of the fun and the magic and the and the lore of uh, lambic brewing if you would figure out exactly where everything's coming from and how much is coming from where. And you know, it used to be like there were a lot more you know orchards and stuff outside the city, and and you know, and, and Brussels now is sprawling, and it's like how much is really coming in. Like, a lot of that is from, from fruit plants and, and stuff like that. And what is really, I don't know. So it's, I'm not the expert on this. And I'm not, you know, like, but it's it's something that I, I think about. And I'm like, yeah, I think probably a lot of it is probably coming from the wood more than anything else. Well, but, yeah, but how did it get into the wood? I mean, you know, to me, if you, if you, if you take a, a culture from the air and you inoculate a bunch of wood, it's still spontaneous fermentation. Is it, though? Ah, fuck, that's a good point. <laughs> Yeah, even that. Like, what are they? Are they using yeah. relying on some lab somewhere to, to inoculate some stuff as well? Mm. 
Yeah, then you can try to take a culture from the bottle, but who knows what's survived in there throughout the two years or however long. You know, this one one yeah. time I was the canteen, I was talking to the you know the 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 older guy, the the older brewer. Not I forget, I forget their names. I should know their names. Jeez, but I've been there twice. But yeah, like so, I was asking him all about the barrel. Like, how do you how do you yeah? They're both Jean or something, I think. But like, how do you clean the barrels? Like, what do you do? Like. He's like, we have chains, we do this. We're like talking, talking about this, like, how hot does it get to you? How, how hot do you make it? And while I was trying to ask me these questions, this guy next to me from the U.S. kept asking questions about how you clean the bottles. <laughs> like, I just wanted to kill him. I just was like, will you just shut up? And he's like, no, no, I want to know about the bottles. Like, those bottles you get are really great. Those are great bottles. Like, how do you clean those? And he's just like... Oh, my God. Uh, they're like, fucking uh, bottles, yeah, homie. Shut I'm up. Like, yeah, there's this non-porous like oh like oh, you're trying to get actual information yeah, and like, this dude wants to know about cleaning glassware uh, wow man. it was great he's like we don't wash the bottles at all we just fill them okay, <laughs> <laughs> they like, walked away at that cool. point i was like oh we lost our whole conversation that we were going with there i was really interested in like what temperature like and he was going on you know celsius i'm like trying to figure it out like what is that like are you trying to kill something in there or what's going on like how long and yeah are, are, do you ever have problems where the, the, the <clears> barrels <throat> leak and and this guy's asking questions about bottles next to me, and I just wanted to kill him. <laughs> also, who interrupts a conversation uh, to ask a different friggin' question? Americans. Americans yeah. on a beer tour. Yeah. Human beings. Not yeah, just so Americans. If you want right, to do, do something from a bottle culture, though, I mean, and you don't know if they, if they bottled it with something different than what it was fermented with, yeah. you know, but... Um, it's it's better to do something younger instead of like, oh, I saved this bottle for six years and I finally drank it. Like, who the hell knows what's still living in there? There's not. Oh yeah, know, for sure. Or it's it gone. Mutated possibly, or who knows? Balance has, has yeah. changed so much. And but, it's, but that's a really great thing. I mean, like for for sour beers, it's really a great way to go is to use dregs of fresher, great sour beers. Yep. And taste them first before you're like, hey, oh, like, this I'm, just, I'm gonna pour this into a glass and then like dump it in. Like, no, no, taste it first. <laughs> That's what I do with the things that live in my closet. That's right. Uh, speaking of things that live in closets, I don't know. Uh, let's open the Dark Lord and let's get that out of the way. This is my my. Where did this come? This, there's a New York bedazzled. Uh, <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? We get the I am, weird By the Nexus. way, I'm moving to upstate New York. Uh, Congratulations, man. Rochester. You're, you're going to make in those keychains. Oh. I'm going to R- Rochester, New York. That, that was my, my college uh, freshman roommate was from uh, Rochester, New York. Good story. You know good what that story. is, Keith? That's a good story. That's radio talk there. <laughs> People it's care. almost as good as a time travel story. Yeah. Wait, tell that one again, please. <laughs> Dark Lord, man, people people get no, just time, bent out of shape guys. about like, uh, the time about story. If you think about the time story thing, it's it's fucking mind bending. If like, how would it be your age if you took it back in a time machine? Yeah, well, we'll find out. Elon Musk will tell you, dude. Don't worry about it. People get bent out of shape and they lose they lose their shorts over Russian imperial stout still, which kind of uh, amazes me. I mean, these beers were super big in the late nineties, early two thousands, and then it's like. Eh, I don't know. I feel like people should have moved on by now, uh, waiting in line for big beers like this. No, it's all about the pastry stouts now, right? You have to add something. I guess stupid to it, chocolate and. So what is this? A Russian imperial stout? Uh, There's nothing added. It's not barrel aged or anything like that. It's just a straight up Russian imperial stout. This does not uh, smell like a seven year aged. Russian Imperial style. <laughs> the, tr- the time travel must have worked. I'm thinking. I'll give you that. Well, I'll tell you what. It's room temperature. 
I'll give you that. It, it, it's, this is 2017, but honestly, it tastes it tastes pretty good for being a, a year old. I think I, I, I had a 2018 a couple weeks ago, which was a bad idea. Yeah, it wasn't good? <laughs> no, somebody gave it to me, but it was, wasn't was bad. But The bad but, part of the idea was he pounded the whole bottle at once. It, it, was, it was not bad. It tastes kind of wordy, but, but I think... It, it, these beers are obviously made to be aged, so I wonder if it goes back to our conversation in the last show about making beers specifically to age. Yeah. Um, there's a little wort. There's a little soy sauce. I mean, a lot of soy sauce, actually. It's kind mm-hmm. of nummy. But that's what I mean. Like, do they... I, I would imagine that Three Floyds... Three Floyds? Right? Mm-hmm. I'm a bad beard person. Um, Six Floyds, maybe? Maybe. Who could? Who can tell? Um, is designing this beer specifically for that. So I wonder, do they recommend, like, hey, give this two years before you open it, or three years or whatever? Or they just release it like a lot of brews do, where yeah. this is ready to drink now if you like this kind of thing, and if you don't, then just we fucking buy two the, and sit on it. Yeah, but a buddy brought some to the Mad Zymergist's uh, um, holiday party last year, and I think we were drinking some, like, three and five years, something like that, or four and six, somewhere in that range. And it was, yeah. you know, a three three different vintages between, like, a few years. And it was it was better a couple more years out than this. Okay. This is good. What do you get out of this, Brian? Soy Break sauce. this down. I mean, it's hard right after that sour beer. But. It is syrupy, too, and it's very syrupy. Yeah. Syrupy, and uh, it, it, know, it tastes kind of unfermented, like unfermented wort. The roast is subtle, though. The roast is smooth. It's not, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not biting. It makes me wonder, like, I w- if I were going to like t- tell people to age it for three to five years, I would bump the roast up and make it a little more aggressive. Hmm. Even, like, barrel aging stuff, I would, uh, like, if I'm going to make this for barrel aging, that they're, not, they're not doing, I would bump that stuff up as well. Maybe not, no, maybe not for barrel aging for roast, though, because the astringency in the barrel and the roast together. I forget. I was doing something yeah. there. No, this is and this is going to dry out as it goes. The sweetness is going to back off, and that that I think that roasty edge will come through a little more then, mm-hmm, and that's mm-hmm. that's what's going to be what that makes the balance after a couple more years. God, it, it is sweet. Yeah. Good God. <laughs> it's big too. Yeah, and it's it, it's, it's very warming. It not, tastes kind of smooth for a Russian imperial stout. I mean, the ones I've had the most of is uh, the North, the old Rasputin, yeah. right? Yeah. This doesn't taste anything like that. Old Rasputin kind of has some hop thing to it, or like a little bitterness. It's not as sweet and cloying. It's a smaller and, beer in well, general, Well, it's like nine right? percent as opposed yeah. to thirteen point yeah. whatever. You know, yeah. yeah. This is you saying this is smaller. This, this is, is smaller. Bigger. This is bigger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Dark Lord's a big. Yeah, big Old Rasputin's one of the smaller ones that. Ah, uh, yeah. So you can. So you're saying you can have a little more of those characters shine through, or I would think it'd be the opposite. I would think the bigger beer would have a little more. Well, so you're getting sweetness from punch the, to it. the alcohol and the punch. From all the you know the ingredients, just everything. Mm-hmm. The, I think they also make it as a really big beer, and then it sorry, it's meant, yeah, and then too. it doesn't actually fully ferment. I mean, it fully ferments out, but it ferments at a fairly high final gravity, and that's why it ages well. And when it gets thinner, it kind of tastes a little bit better overall. Well, if you want to taste a little better overall, you should come to the city of Concord because it's the perfect place to start or expand your craft beer business. City of Concord, centrally located in the Bay Area, it boasts strong craft beer loving demographics. Uh, I am not a strong craft beer loving person. I'm a weak craft, craft beer, beer uh, tolerating person. Uh, city's historic, but I don't live in Concord. Mm-hmm. City's historic downtown is a per- experiencing a boom with new businesses opening and new apartment developments in the pipeline. Concord's business industrial parks are centrally located off major freeways and are perfect for large scale brewery operations. Give Brian Nunnally a call, the city's economic development team, at 925 671 3018. He's ready to help you. Unirail. 
What do you think about this beer? Do you guys like it? Is this something that you would uh, lose your shit over? No. no. I've had better beers. Yeah, not right now. I've had better beers than this. And I, I remember think... having this once at like Firestone several years back, and it was like, okay, it's fine. I mean, it's fine, but I, I, I don't know yeah. why people are jazzed about this beer, to be honest with you. I'm not sure they are anymore. Think so? I think it's kind of, I think, I don't know. They have Dark Lord Days still, and I don't think people were. I don't know. I think it's more about the event anymore than some, the actual yeah, beer. Yeah, some breweries are really smart about the is way they market things. Like Russian River does a great job of, of you know, limiting access to, you know, I mean, Pliny is, is a little easier to find these days. But, you know, the younger, you know, you, people line up for that. So, yeah. like, in the morning. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with this with this release, in right? Some ways, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe maybe you're right. Keith. I, I mean, it's, well, it's I'll just, the I'll event just sit now. at the same bar and drink a, another really good double or triple IPA, and and I'm fine. I I love Pliny the Younger, but I don't always want to wait in line for it. And sometimes you wait and you luck out, and you'll they'll put on the second keg of the day, and and then you just get get in line and get some, mm-hmm. like the shorter line. <laughs> what would you What would you um, this yeah this judge is, this beer? This at. is something that you don't get to get uh, get to have every day. I would judge us as age it some more, uh, or don't do the. I would change the recipe. Probably is what I would talk about. Like yeah, yeah like yeah, you make it a little bit, a little less sweet, a little less sticky. Uh, maybe up the roast. I mean, it kind of depends on like it, it is kind of smooth right now. Like, yeah. It is smooth. Like, it's drinkable. Kind of interesting that in that way, but For it's like Imperial man, Stout. this is a lot of sugar in this beer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I yeah, I would probably change okay. the recipe somewhat, and I would talk to them like that. And I'd probably give it like a thirty-four. Mm. Yeah, I would think so too because it's it 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 feels um it feels not jagged enough. It doesn't feel big in certain areas. It feels just kind of well rounded, which is cool. It's a year old beer, it, it, so it feels well rounded. But it, it, there's not, to me, a whole lot of depth. It's like here's some roast and here's some some sweetness, and that's kind of just it. And here's this beer and wait in line for it. And I just, I don't know. I'm not a giant fan of it. All right, is that it? Yeah. Are we done? That's, you know, amazing how smooth they made it, and as it ages, it does does change a lot. I think. Yeah. Hold on to those bottles. Yeah. All right, I think we're done here, boys. All right. Keith. It's been a pleasure. God bless, dude. I wish you luck on your endeavors moving to wherever the hell you're moving to. Reno, I think it is. Carson City. A little little more, uh, yeah. May the Dark Lord bless you with uh, good fortune. (laughs) No, honestly, man, I I really appreciate you coming in um, and and being part of the show. I think you did a great job, and I'm sorry to lose you, man. No, thanks. uh, It's been been a lot of fun for me. I really enjoyed it. It's been uh, one of my my highlights of living in the Bay Area is hanging out with you guys. Nice. um, Enjoyed it a lot. I appreciate that. I appreciate that very much. I'm sure Brian hates it. He doesn't like stuff like that. He doesn't like to get mushy at all. It's all good, you know? (laughs) It's chill. Um, it's all chill, bro. We've spent a lot of times, like, after this show, just in the parking lot at bar. I drop him off there. Yeah. And just chatting about music and, um, you know, sitting at the bar here after shows. And we've we've become friends. So That's good. You know, a lot when, of people might say that Keith is a hard person to befriend. <laughs> <laughs> I would but, say that. But yes. A lot um, of people. You know what? Having a few rough edges is all right. 
It's all just like beer. Right. They, right. they age out. That's that's they the beauty out. of it. <laughs> yeah, As no. you get older, you forget them, it's which is a, a whole thing. I'm, I'm sure we will hear from Keith again. Uh, yes, I think so too. Well, we're gonna drunk dial him on this show someday. Yeah, I think we should do that also. All right, Keith. Good luck in your endeavors, my friend, and uh, we'll see you at a judging table somewhere else in the afterlife. Yeah. All right, everybody. Cheers. We'll be back next month with uh, maybe a couple rotating people. We don't know. We're, we're still figuring out, but uh, we have some good replacements. <laughs> their chairs. You know, good All right. We'll see you guys later.